0: Look, I don't mean to frustrate, but I always make the same mistakes. Yeah, I always make the same mistakes, because But you can't blame me for trying. Gary and Shannon, it's Wednesday.
1: John and Ken coming up at uh, 2 o'clock.
0: Finally fix me. The uh, story that has
1: captured our attention for the last day and a half is the uh, mudslides that came after the torrential rain. On uh, Sunday night, uh, Monday night into uh, yesterday morning, the death toll now in Montecito has had 15, 15 people killed. And there were at least a couple dozen missing uh, as of this morning.
2: The report yesterday was that at least four homes had been blasted off of their foundations by this just river of mud. And I bet that number is going to go up. I mean, I bet dozens uh, once, once the wreckage is cleared.
1: Uh, Chris Ancarlo Carlo has been there for the last day and a half uh, to talk about what's going on to get a get us a view of the work that is still continuing there. Chris, I assume that a lot of what you see today is just clearing space for emergency crews to get where they need to go.
3: Yeah, that's a uh... Good way to put it is just trying to make sure that there is a pathway for rescuers to get to where they got to get. Um, there are search dogs and there are a lot of search and rescue crews you know, you see it emblazoned on the side of trucks and on the side of cars uh, that are up here. Um, I was just watching a search and rescue crew. I'm down right along the ocean right now where the landslide uh, mudslide ended. Um, and there's uh, the Biltmore down here. Gorgeous little estate. What's what's remarkable about this scene is that the, the hedges all the way around the uh, the estate are standing they're fine uh, just gently rolling green grass meadow i don't know in in the uh, the yard but somehow the flow has come on both sides of the yard without actually going into the yard and then dumped out right on this wall this really kind of old picturesque wall that sits up against the ocean is and, that the uh, four seasons uh yeah i think so I, it's okay
2: I, i'm just trying to
3: yeah i'm trying to uh, i i just got down here so i'm it's learning okay. more about the geography it. Thank you very much. The, um, the mud, though, is, I mean, it's deep. You know, I was watching this uh, search and rescue crew as they were coming through, and they were poking through the mud uh, to make sure that there was nobody in there. Um, and they were up to their knees in that stuff and that muck in the mire. And then there are a couple of guys who, they don't work here. They just live nearby. And uh, they came down with some shovels, and they're just shoveling everything out tossing it over onto the beach now the beach looks picturesque as it always does in these parts it looks gorgeous but yesterday it was covered in um it was covered in these neighborhoods that washed down from uh from further up slope and through the overnight the high tide rolled in and carried everything out to sea without even really leaving a trace i mean a few plastic bottles and buckets and things like that but otherwise um Nature did its job here. It's really just... I don't even know how to explain the way it makes me feel to see the way that that worked.
2: That's a hell of a path. That is the Four Seasons uh, there along the water. Um, From up in the canyon areas, that that's where the ending point was. That is a powerful swath of... I mean, I I feel like we were just talking about fire in the same kind of way just a couple weeks ago. Um, But... Wow, that covered a lot of ground.
3: Yeah, an enormous amount of ground, which is why you know you're looking at numbers here. The latest number right now, there's a Black Hawk helicopter flying over me, uh, which is likely on a uh, on one of the missions to rescue folks. So again, we've got a lot of people that are still trapped up in Romero Canyon, and also the search and rescue effort continues. So anytime they find anyone, it's an immediate back uh, if they do find anyone. Um, it's been relatively calm on that end throughout the day. Unfortunately, you, you want to see a lot of activity. We haven't seen that. Instead, it's um, more, especially when you look on, for example, Twitter, and as you talk to people, it's more about, hey, I've got a friend who's missing. Um, if anybody's seen this person, please give us a call. Let us know what's going on. And that's the... Uh that's not what you want to see on day two. On day two, you want to see people being recovered and pulled out and alive and being flown to a, a, the nearest hospital to be treated.
2: And I was saying 100 single-family homes have been destroyed, yeah. 300 damaged. Yeah. Um, where, how are we doing on the 101? I think they said it would be closed at least until or through Thursday.
3: The latest I heard was uh, was corresponding with that. Yeah, so they are... Hoping for tomorrow uh, could be longer, and the reason for this is you know, Shannon. You just looked at that map, and when you when you look at that map, we're still about know, four blocks or so away from the 101. And uh, that's right up by the Montecito Inn, which is where you, know, you saw a lot of mayhem, as I explained before, um, happen on that night. And so, as all of this came rushing down, especially Olive Mill Road, it's an underpass there. And you got, you know, I think it's like 15 feet from the bridge down to the road deck surface. And uh, that was completely full of all of the stuff that came flowing down. And then it overflowed, jumped onto the freeway. And then that became the channel for a lot of this mud and debris. And so, it's, you you know they've they've got like city blocks worth of mud and debris to clear and to clean and the way they have to do it it's not easy you know it's not as simple as for example on the east coast hey you get 10 feet of snow you just shovel it off to the side right and uh, let it melt uh, over the course of time you can't do that it's not as easy as moving earth because you know when you move earth you can actually scoop all of that earth into uh into a shovel on a back loader or a front loader and uh, go ahead and dump it into a uh, a dump truck here these uh, front loaders are basically skimming the surface and, and scooping up whatever they can and it may fill that uh that shovel like i don't know a fifth and then they dump it into the into the truck i was talking to an operator this morning He says you know usually i get three uh, scoop loads and i'm out of here and i, I go I, I dump my load and come back um he said today these guys you know they're, they're hitting him up a dozen two dozen times before his truck is full and then as he drives away he's like yeah it's all going to come leaking out of the back of the truck anyway because we're of all the liquid and all the mess so that's just how complicated the cleanup is on a uh, very micro level, level. Now, multiply that by city blocks, and that's what you got to do to clean up the uh, the 101.
1: Yeah, I was going so to say, so do they have an idea of when they would reopen the 101? The,
3: uh, the latest estimate I, I heard, again, was... Um, I, it was Tomorrow. Um, I, I got to double check back with CHP because I haven't heard any updated intel on that since this morning. And, uh, you know, I, I know a lot of people, especially in LA, thinking about coming back up to Santa Barbara or elsewhere, are anxious for that to reopen. I mean, just talk about the loss of. Uh, revenue, too. The fact that people can't drive back and forth between Santa Barbara and L.A., which is a, a relatively common, not necessarily commute, but, a, you know, a path on a day-by-day basis. Uh, and it's not only just cars, but also Amtrak. You know, the Surfrider stops yeah. now in Santa Barbara before heading back up north because the tracks are washed out.
2: Hey, Chris, I was going to ask you, we spent some time today talking about how people were told before the rain fell, you are in a bad danger zone because of the fires uh there could be major mudslides have you talked to people who were surprised at the extent of what happened and the damage
3: the question i've been asking everyone i've come in contact with is hey did you evacuate if they say no i say you know why not not an indictment i'm just curious and the answer that i've gotten from virtually everyone has been listen like two weeks three weeks for the Thomas fire like I, I just I was sick of, of, of being evacuated I was sick of being away from home I didn't think that uh, it would happen like this uh, you know we've been through the fire we thought that that we would be able to make it through this as well um, and I think that uh, again there's almost this sort of survivor's mentality that takes hold because when you get through something as big as the largest wildfire in California history that's just burned through your backyard some of these people have expressed the idea that, you know what, if I made it through that, I can make it through this too. Yeah. And so, so that was part of the psychology. Also, I, I talked to one guy, he was like, listen, like, you know, I, I'm not, I'm not rich fancy pants. I know all my neighbors are, but it's expensive to be evacuated. And for me, I have a swimming pool that's full of water and I can boil that off. And I've got, you know, I've got food to cook on the grill so I thought I would be able to make it through. And I was like, How your, how's your property? He's like, you know, I just missed my property. He's like, now I can't get out. Now I'm running out of supplies, and I can't get out to get supplies. Uh, and so I'm just kind of waiting until uh, until they open the roads down here. Chris, thank you for your work again yeah of course guys yeah, chris he brings Ancarlo. up a good
2: point uh and by the way chris and carlo on uh, twitter has been tweeting uh, amazing pictures uh at chris k-r-i-s and carlo a-n-k-a-r-l-o um but he brings up a good point about this like survivor mentality i remember um I know, our neighborhood was under voluntary evacuations last year the year before with potential mudslides <clears throat> and some of my neighbors were like well, well we've we're and i was like we're getting out of here you know and they're like oh well we've 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 been through this before and and i get that i get that way of thinking but it's also he, one of those things you can't really predict you can't predict the path of fire or mudslides you just kind of can't every 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 rainfall's going to be a little bit different and it's
1: if if you for example leave and have to come back or i'm sorry, if you have to leave but you get to come back, it's a minor inconvenience. You know, you what? You spent the night in a hotel for a couple nights or something like that. Right. Uh, It's not as bad as simply having your place washed away or burned in the case of the fire, or you end up risking life and limb by staying longer than you should. But it's hard to make that decision.
2: Or just a night full of anxiety. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Anyway, we come back. The Vegas, uh, the Vegas shooting from back in October has changed the way some hotels look at the do not disturb signs.
2: I ran into this this weekend for the first time, and I didn't know that this was the, the reason for it.
1: I didn't know this was a, would be a response to this. I never yeah. would have thought of it.
2: Gary and Shannon, KFIAM six forty. You don't have to bang on the table i'll give it away right now
0: Your shot at one thousand dollars now text the keyword luck to 200 200 you'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info standard data and messaging rates apply that's luck to 200 200
1: don't forget to answer the phone if you're the winner they will give you a call it might be from a number you don't recognize but if you don't answer they'll just move on to the next one there is a uh, there is a change afoot in the uh, hotel industry. And there I was. There, there Shannon was.
2: Downtown Vegas.
1: Making an absolute fool of herself. No. Not this time? I had
2: just checked in. It was right before it all fell apart. But there was a world of possibility on the horizon. Okay. And my husband I think has...
1: everybody says that when they get into Vegas.
2: Oh, yeah. Oh, it could have been a great weekend. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it wasn't. No, it was fun. It was a good time lost everything um there's a little uh sign there instead of the do not disturb thing that you stick in the uh
1: the little key, key slot
2: slot there was a sign that said uh well there they saw the do not disturb sign but they also had another little sign that said hey it's a new policy uh if you've got your do not disturb sign on the door for two days we're coming in we want to do a welfare check after two days if you have not had turned down service or whatever room service or, and you've had your do not disturb sign on the door, and I'm thinking what what precipitated like what where did this come from? I'm thinking was were there dead bodies in here uh, for you know for days? What's the deal? And then you uh, showed me this story today, and it looks like. It goes back to the Las Vegas massacre.
1: Well, the OC Register detailed the Disney policy on this because Disney is now not doing those do not disturb signs anymore. They're replacing those with something that says room occupied. And what's important is not only the, you know, uh, doing away with the do not disturb, but that room occupied sign, the little thing that you would hang on either the doorknob or put into the, uh, the card slot there, it also says that in smaller type down at the bottom, the Disney Resort Hotel and its staff reserve the right to enter your room even when this sign is displayed for maintenance, safety, security, or any other purposes. The Disney Resort Hotel staff will knock and announce their presence before entering, which was interesting. So, But I would have, I don't know if this was me just being naive about this, I assumed that whatever hotel I stayed in, did have that right. I mean, that that would be part of the agreement when I sign in. And that, I'm sure that they would it, have that uh, that right I'm if sh- they announced and had safety or security reasons to be in there.
2: I'm sure it always has been the right of a hotel to go into your room whenever they want to for any reason. It's just we've never been alerted to that.
1: So the policy now is that, that if you are not uh, heard from over the course of, I think, about 48 hours, that they would send somebody, they say, specially trained, to go in and just make sure everything's OK. It, I mean, it's they're
2: trying to deter people from going in, stockpiling weapons and shooting up a concert.
1: Right. And it makes sense. I mean, you can go through. Let's say you have a week planned at a Disney resort somewhere and you just don't want to be disturbed. You, some people are queeby about the idea of having uh, room. Uh, what's the word? room service coming through and, you know, making their bed every day. And that's. That's fine. I don't know why you'd stay in a public hotel if you had such problems with it, but maybe you are afraid that your stuff's going to get robbed, whatever it is. But as long as, you know, you stay quiet, they are now, you are now going to be on their radar. How's that? If, if you, they don't have contact with you over the course of whatever set time they come up with, you then get on their radar. It
2: shouldn't be a problem for people who are doing, doing nothing wrong. Yeah. And if you're worried about people stealing your stuff, put it in the safe. All right, coming up next, Dr. Wendy joins us for Wednesdays with Dr. Wendy. How to conquer your fear of trying new things, why it might be good to try new things, and why men will always be more gross than women. Oh, boy.
1: Great. I love that segment where we hate on men every week.
2: It's called 2018.
0: Gary and Shannon. It wasn't
2: my choice.
0: The doctor is in with Dr. Wendy Walsh.
1: Gary and Shannon, and it is Wednesday in the one o'clock hour. We welcome in Dr. Wendy Walsh. Happy New Year!
4: Happy New Year!
1: Uh, well, listen, we uh find ourselves on the cusp of people dropping out of their New Year's resolutions. Uh, I know, but remember, you can always get back into it.
4: You can, we've That's it. that. We talked about this last week, the most important thing. Is that you have to know that everybody has a slip up and they usually have their slip up early on and then they have to just use it as a strategy like, oh, okay, there's an obstacle I'm going to encounter again. What can be my strategy next?
1: We've been telling Shannon, listen, this is usually when you say the F word and trying so she can identify those situations before she gets into them and therefore doesn't have to use it.
2: I think I can count on both hands the amount of times I've said the F word since the new year.
1: And they're all here at work. Is that yes? Your, is okay. that your
2: New Year's resolution to stop saying the F word? Uh, one of them, just to turn mm-hmm. it down a little bit, and not and frequency. not to drink as much Chardonnay. And I've been successful at that. You know what? Switch to tequila because you really don't
4: get no. a headache. Oh no, <laughs> no, no, because <laughs> <laughs> I did because it's Paleo and it's tequila better. is. Who yeah. told you that? I don't know. I read it online no. somewhere. It has, oh, okay. well, in that case. it has less carbs. It has less carbs. It does have fewer carbs. Yeah, with a little lime this is and, true. and mint and also, no sugar. It uh,
1: eats away the memory portions of your brain a lot quicker than I know, than but you dance.
4: Does. I don't know what it is about tequila. You can't sit still. You always dance when you're on tequila. <laughs> <laughs> and wine makes you sleepy. <laughs> Um, what was my other word? Oh, right. Be nicer No, this
2: is great.
3: <laughs> oh, and no. i being nicer. Uh, That's yeah, good.
4: Yeah.
2: So I, I do, I have kept your words in my head Aww. about my slip ups and that I just need to reset yep. and that it doesn't mean that I throw away the whole resolution. It just means
4: that I, uh, I get back up on that horse. And, and here's some more words for your head. So I wake up in the morning cause I also want to be kinder. Not that I'm unkind, but I, I feel good. When I do nice things for people, it's, yeah. it's a selfish thing. So I get up in the morning and I literally say to myself, "Ooh, who's going to be the lucky recipient of my kindness today?" And I try to find somebody <laughs> to go out of my way Is to do us? something for. Is it us today? I don't know. Do you need a twenty dollars tip? I've done that. I
1: wouldn't say no. Just- <laughs> you do not. Oh, I do not.
2: You're not
4: taking money from Dr. you want Randy? me to go pick well, up your dry have, cleaning? What do you need? I don't have dry I'm here cleaning. for you.
1: You've seen the way I dress. I don't oh. have
4: dry cleaning.
1: <laughs> uh, well, one of the things that I think people do for those New Year's resolutions is they may try something that they've never done before. They, they're trying new things. Mm-hmm. But with that, a lot of times can be a fear, whether it's a new physical activity, a new hobby they haven't tried. Maybe they're going back to, to trying, I don't know, junior college or something. Or some, learning
4: a new language where you have to language. go to like conversation group. And talk.
1: She, uh, our friend Jane, Jane Wells, Wells actually just is, said is she signed up for Japanese. Japanese. She did. Yeah. yeah. Which That's is so crazy because cool. I can't imagine at at our age going back to, to So
4: school. good
2: for your brain. You know, I think we should do that. I told you that. What about French? I think we should start a language. I, have,
4: I downloaded that app, Duolingo, mm-hmm. and it's like a game. And you talk to it, and it talks back. I you tried
2: play. to learn French four or five years ago before uh-huh. I was going to France. And I thought it would be fun to learn more French. But the problem is, is... You don't have anyone to speak it with, really. Well, that's so key this so, app
4: you speak it back and forth. They have bots yeah, that you talk to, and I'm know. at thirty-seven percent literacy already. Oh, that's I good. could have like a kindergarten conversation with a French that's person. Yeah, I, know blood, blood, I, meant- <laughs> I know <laughs> I how to say green, green bicycle. I know how to say green bicycle in what. French. Velo vert.
2: That's what I retained from Bic- my Rosetta Bicic- Stone. Bicyclette vert. Vilo vert. Velo. That's another way to say bike. Oh,
1: mm-hmm. you really. just called her out on what she just said. Know. She's 37% fluent in French. I knew what and you said, you is, know what a bicyclette is. two but, words. But she knows no,
4: the slang another, word, probably. Yeah, it's another word. Listen, for depending by- on where you speak French in the world, you know, French Canadians sometimes for car, they don't say voiture. They say car. They say char. And you know what char relates to? A chariot. Because they're like stuck on an island in Quebec. Right?
1: love <laughs> <Still have> chariots. <laughs> well, how do you. How do you get over these, these fears of doing new things, trying okay. new things?
4: Like just trying things that are you know changing your routines, you have to set yourself up knowing that you're not going to be good right away. And I think the mistake people make whenever they try anything new, whether it's a sushi class, whether it's smelling wines in a wine tasting class, whether it's some new sport, is they think, I'm going to get good quick. But getting good is about a series of failures. You know, one time many many years ago, I went to the Bondurant School of High Performance Driving. This is so out of my wheelhouse, you have no idea. But I got good after I totaled a car. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Quite a big failure, right? You off have the to front give them so. your
4: American Express before you take the class with no fixed spending limit. Yeah. Oh boy. Yeah. I uh I haven't totaled a car, car since the car last was. time
2: I totaled a car. Well, I was in high school, right? Yeah.
4: Yeah, they use these kind of Mustangs that they put back together. They're classroom cars. How much did it cost you? I don't know. If, actually, to be honest, it was mostly body work. And it was $1,600, but still, I hit a fence, taking <sighs> a corner too fast. But wow. I know where the apex of the turn is now, folks. know you do. Yeah,
1: so when you're driving on the
4: 101, it's <laughs> <right>. seven miles <laughs> no, an hour. I'm the Prius over in the far right <laughs> going 55.
1: <laughs> uh, but I see – I could imagine this with kids as well, that you would have to teach them, hey, you. why don't you try this new sport, for yeah. example – Uh, You're not going to be good at it at first, even though other people might be.
4: And you know what 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 the other big problem is? I'm sorry, I interrupted you.
2: Oh, no. That's what I love about trying something new. You don't have to be great at it. It's new.
4: Well, there are people out there who believe that others are watching at all times. And this is what creates anxiety. The truth is, nobody cares. They don't care how you look on that snowboard or those skis or how you're jogging down the street in your Lululemons, whether you got too much jiggle. They're too busy with their own problems and they're worried that you're judging them. Exactly. Trust me. This is true. So this is really, really important that you um, just get out of your head that you're being judged and just go for it.
1: You see me Maybe. in my Lululemons?
4: <laughs> you <laughs> actually do have Lululemons. They do make guy ones. They have a yeah, great men's department. There. A,
1: the short. I got some shorts I wore the other day. They're yeah. Fantastic.
4: I live in my Lulus
1: um so that so that's basically what we should teach kids also in terms of the keeping uh keeping an open mind about stuff that's new to them
4: you know and there's some obvious things sometimes it helps to do a little bit of prep work but not too much prep where you become obsessed with doing everything right but do a little bit of reading understanding watch some youtube videos do a little feel a little like you got the lingo down
1: i would also i would also say do it with friends Whatever new thing that you're trying to attempt, do it with friends because then it's a sort of a shared um... –
4: With encouraging friends, not yes. competitive friends. Yes. Well, <laughs> competitive friends I think can be okay as long as it's good. an
1: encouraging way. Yeah. I mean if Shannon and I, as competitive as we are, were to do something, like she said, take this class together, we would try to outscore oh, each yeah. other I think it would on every be, single test. It would test. be a
2: disaster. Japanese? Whatever. Anything. It doesn't matter. It could okay. be Name it. face painting and okay. we would be super competitive <laughs>
1: but in a positive way
4: you know right. my former cooking teacher chef teacher is doing culinary retreats you should go on that you <gasps> retreat to a country eat? they're going to madagascar or something oh. i don't want to go to Whoa. madagascar no, 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 with that, you know, guy. Some island, that i'm wrong some island off the coast of scotland anyway it looks good
1: Madagascar's not. <laughs> no that's
4: i got my geography a little messed up <laughs> okay. can we talk about disgusting men
1: please
4: oh my goodness there's so much research we Shannon, do we need research no, we to do tell not. us that men are just more disgusting no, we well, do not. than men? i like to know. I why.
2: walked in on a guy that works here one point with his hand down his pants. <laughs> now, like, That's I understand the guys. No, no, he didn't
1: take it do, out. That been
2: uh, no, no, no. He didn't take it out. It was just like he was at home on a sunday morning on the couch with his legs up and his hands down his pants like just
4: holding on to his package you guys that do way. that and then he touches the pens
2: around and here it's like, dude, that we grab i understand if you're going to do that and adjust or scratch or whatever it is that you do but don't linger at home but like at work
4: that's just that's did just you know wrong? in men's bachelor pads they've found fecal matter on the coffee table okay
1: oh, everyone yeah. got fecal matter all my right fecal all that proves is all of us got fecals matter. yeah it's That's everywhere it, it really all is why <laughs> men are more disgusting than women <clears throat> we'll do that when we come back to gary and shannon with dr wendy gary and shannon Still uh, following the story out of Montecito, obviously, the recovery continues, and still the search for what they say are 24 missing people. The uh, Santa Barbara County fire chief said, listen, this is still a very active scene, and we still consider those 24 people viable in terms of uh, that there could still be people alive in some pockets under those um, homes that are uh, had been thrown off of their foundations from the mudslides up in Montecito. So John and Ken will have more coverage on that. And their show comes along in just a few minutes.
2: Tomorrow, we are going to dig into everything we know about what now is being considered the murder of Blaze Bernstein, being treated as a homicide that missing college student that was found in Orange County. Uh, right now, we are talking to Dr. Wendy. Wednesdays with Dr. Wendy. Uh, why men will always
4: be more disgusting than women? Not only more disgusting, but research has shown that men have a much higher disgust tolerance. So, I think they were the ones who invented, you know, what is it, Mile High Club? Sex in an air, airplane bathroom. I mean, I just couldn't imagine the germ factor in there. You I never guys, thought about hold that. Hold on, hold on. You, you didn't. You shouldn't no, even I think about, about that. that. You think
1: men inv- invented that idea?
4: Yeah. Of you think course, a woman inv- men invented <laughs> that idea. So, there are these people called disgust researchers.
1: The women were too busy flying the plane.
4: Right. Thank you. Not to be confused with disgusting researchers. Uh, and the researchers have determined there are three kinds of disgust that humans feel. Uh, disgust around mate choice, moral disgust, and relig- uh, disgust over things that violate our cultural or religious standards. Anyway, we're pretty much the same men and women, except for when it revolves around disgust revolving mate choice. Let's think about it. They've done tests. Single women have much less toxic bacteria in their apartments than single men. And if you think about it, women's jobs in our anthropological past would be mostly to gather fresh, clean food and feed people. And in order to do that, they have to avoid contaminants, right? So women are less likely to like so insects. Women always,
2: so women always like to
4: clean the kitchen. Yes. We just need it to be clean. Thank you for
1: saying what like I, I was thinking.
4: I had to say it before and then, you said it. Don't seem to care at all. I had a boyfriend once who actually used my toothbrush. Uh. I know, and I went to the store and got a new one. I couldn't <laughs> even like use that. it one time after that.
1: I'm trying to think of in 20 years of marriage, I don't think my wife and I have ever shared a toothbrush or one that for a, a long period of time. Right. Maybe like
2: no, I did one on once or twice on
4: a trip. Yeah, when I had forgotten mine or whatever. But that's it. That yeah. was never. Get this in other research. Men have been found to have more bacteria on their hands in their offices. Well, we know why. Because that co-worker put his hands put his hand on, his, his in his, on his anatomy.
2: For the most part, I'm pretty lucky with clean men in my life. My my husband's very... John just walked in and you now he's like walking out. <laughs> he <regrets. laughs> what the hell are you talking about? My husband's super clean. I, I love that. Yeah, it's I so mean, important to me. He cleans, not only... I mean, like, keeps ever, you know, hygiene-wise, but also, like, cleans Wait the minute, house.
1: But but did he grow into that cuz i'm i i'm I think a pretty he's clean guy now it. you're
4: very clean but, but in college
1: I, but in college i had mushrooms in the shower oh, and i wow. think everybody oh. has at least one point in their life where they just it doesn't matter i mean
4: not women it matters to us. I've been around Sometimes some disgusting
1: women in my time, in terms of their uh, their Easy. cleanliness. Oh, let's Easy. let's hear more about that. Oh, I just mean, uh, around especially <laughs> around that time when when you know the, what, the, what would be the time you would hang around disgusting, dirty women? College. Uh, <laughs> you, I well, can't well, believe well, what, you're what surprised by this. What did they do? Just the same. I mean, if they laugh, no one pointed at the mushrooms in my shower and cast aspersions at me i'll say that old
2: pizza on the counter for two days just
1: the clothes and they wouldn't wash their clothes and
4: just that's gross and it didn't bother you that's the main thing you had no problem having sex with them
1: no that's not that's not the case (laughs) there was no romance
0: (laughs) there was there would be an acquaintanceship There was and none of that and going that's on. the end of the research. Or at least, at least you'd wash them down first. Oh, oh, dress yeah. them down, yeah, exactly. the whole out in the front yard. The <laughs>
4: research says there's an evolutionary advantage to that. If men have a higher threshold to what discuss them, they're more. It, we don't want them to. Uh, uh, compromise their reproductive fitness. It
1: should also so point need out to move
4: forward <laughs> despite the germs
1: that that women are willing to look the other way as well because that same research says that sexual arousal dampens their disgust response. Yeah. So I because sm- we I have may, to put
4: up with sweat, I, semen, I, saliva, right. yes, body odor. Exactly. <laughs> Is that Whoa. right?
1: I may smell like a sheep, but if I can turn you on, <laughs> you're getting it on with the that sheep. Was a lot of
2: s's. <laughs> John once lived in his car. Um, well, for
0: for one day. yeah, but <laughs> It was an afternoon. That sounds like a camping trip. <laughs> Do not... you forget anything? No. <laughs> not enough time Jeez. should be disgusting for an afternoon. I've seen <laughs> pictures of you in your filth from college. <laughs> well, no, that, was, that was after college. Yeah, wasn't there a picture My of you adult... with
1: a pizza box on your chest? Or something? Yeah, that
0: yeah. was uh, early radio road. Oh,
4: John, I yeah. forgot to tell you something. Why? I went for jury duty in yep. Santa Monica. Mm-hmm. There's a woman there who's a big fan of yours. She's the one who checks you in for yeah. jury duty. She was hoping you would come for Well, no, That's, that's a gonna great happen. place so yeah. for yeah. the John and Ken fan She's going to get
0: very old waiting for that. The
4: time that you and I did our drive-by makeshift therapy, yes. and we recorded it and put it up on the website. It's still there if anyone wants to listen to it. She and her girlfriend booked a Friday night date with a bottle of wine.
2: <laughs> <laughs> that. To listen to it? Uh-huh. Oh, my
4: gosh. You should have charged money I for it. I think her then. name was Robin. <laughs> Can
2: we also just briefly touch on the fact that a John and Ken super is checks in jurors
1: <laughs> <laughs> right that's a good irony right was actually very nice uh, right. <laughs> i liked her what do you guys have uh, have come Not, up nothing on your to show. compete with this <laughs> there's no way the uh, we got man. well
0: chris is going to come on chris and carl is going to come on with uh, mudslide news and right after on the news. Your, is,
1: is your show tomorrow out in corona yes okay in fact
0: shannon uh we're going to play some uh, clips since it's our 30th anniversary tomorrow. Oh, yeah. And so we're going to... 30 years. 30 years. And I found a clip this morning that I think is the earliest version of the Naked Desk. Oh. 28 years old. And it turns out that our act is exactly the same. <laughs> yeah. it, well, has, it hasn't it has improved that much. If it works. <laughs> I, said, the, I, I, I couldn't believe it. it. It's like, oh, my God, this could have been yesterday.
2: 30 years.
0: Yeah. 30 years. So we're going to... Gather the signatures, and we're going to celebrate the anniversary.
2: 1988. Long
0: that would be 30 years. Exactly tomorrow. Oh my gosh. John and Ken show
1: coming up next. We'll see you tomorrow. Stay dry, everybody. Listen, ladies, it's been real, and it's been fun. But has it been real fun? Mm-mm. Nope. Gary and Shannon.